Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. With your friends and your family. <laughs> Thank you, Ham. My okay. name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm Hannah Wilder, and I'm the Curate at St. Mark's Mark City, City, Heights, uh, San Diego. City Heights, San Diego. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. And as you've already heard, Hannah Wilder is back. And I'm so glad to be back. Can't stop, won't stop. stop. That's right. Yeah. Welcome back, Hannah. This is the last Sunday. We're we're heading to the last Sunday of Advent. So crazy. I know. What they flew by. I know. It's nuts. Uh, But we know that Hannah will be back. You can't keep an all star down. Um, she'll just show up, show up whenever she wants, uh, which is good. And we've been, we've been uh, blessed to have you on the podcast for this whole season of Advent. So fun. Thank you. I've had so much fun. This is my favorite hour of the week and I really do love your podcast. And so I'm so honored to be asked. Thank you. And, uh, but don't worry, we still have a whole episode to talk everybody. So there's going to be more Hannah. Uh, and so we are going to get into the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, uh, December 20th, which is obviously Advent 4. Uh, we'll finally get to hear about Mary, you know, in Advent. And uh, before we get into it, though, we want to make sure you know that we would love to hear from you. If you have any angel sightings that have happened recently, we'd love to hear how those went. What was the outcome? How were you greeted? Uh, you can email us any of your stories or questions or comments from your week of faith discussion and reflection uh, to faith2go at edsc.org. You can also contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org. You can also find all the faith2go resources there for each week of at-home faith formation with you or your family. And you can also contact us through or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. And now we will enter the final countdown. Uh, we will hear about the foretelling of the birth of Jesus from the angel Gabriel. Uh, Charlotte will read the gospel, and then we will each highlight a point that we hope uh, you take into your week of faith discussion or personal reflection. The gospel for this Sunday is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. 
for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. All right, so this is the first chapter of Luke. Um, right before this was the the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, relatives of Mary, which is a story unique to Luke. Uh, the only other gospel with a birth narrative of Jesus is Matthew. So just to be aware that uh, this is Luke's version. It has its own um, specific uh, realities, its own themes, its own complexities. As you'll notice, Joseph doesn't show up uh, in Luke's narrative there's no angel that appears to joseph the angel appears to mary in luke so um right after this will be the visitation where mary will go and visit elizabeth and then will be the magnificat mary's song of praise which we all know well so that's where we are in the gospel the beginning of luke's gospel the angel appearing to mary and also known as the annunciation so my point is the first point for this week. And my point is very specifically about this uh, way that uh, Mary is greeted. I, I really love one, one thing that struck me was uh, after the angel Gabriel comes and says, greetings, favor one, the Lord is with you. It says, but Mary was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And I, I love that because it appears that this this uh, this phrase "greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you." It's confusing to Mary, almost like she wasn't trying for this. <laughs> you know, like she wasn't ex- obviously expecting this to happen. But it made me wonder about this word "favored one," uh, and so I looked up the Greek for it, and it's this interesting verb that only occurs two times in the New Testament. Once here. And once in the letter to the Ephesians, and it is like the the verbal form of the noun for grace, which is charis, and so this Greek verb is karitoo, and so the the form of this verb that's used here uh, is like it's like a it's like a verbal form for grace. So it's like the one who has been who has is grace filled or. Uh, the one being open to grace. And and so it's like, I'm so, I was so intrigued by this idea. It's not, because in the, in this translation, it seems like it's like, you, Mary, are the one that God, it's like you're the one that God has chosen. God in some way favors you. But it doesn't, that, that kind of takes away the, from the kind of Mary side of it. Like what, what is what what is true of mary that that this is happening for her and i'm thinking that it's not just like who she has descended from it's not just who she is betrothed to um it's not just any anything about her kind of like status as a person necessarily i don't even the thing that kind of bothers me about the idea of like the favored one is that she has in some way done something or been like pure in some way to like garner this attention from god or this favor from god it kind of takes away from her agency to me a little bit the idea of her being the favored one and i wonder if that's why she ponders this greeting as unusual you know like 
something strikes her about this greeting and she's like, what are you talking about? And I almost, I love, I like so much more this kind of weird kind of challenging to translate grace filled, the one being filled with grace or the one being open to grace uh, as the reason that, that the angel Gabriel appears to her. And so like, instead of thinking about in some ways, she's like uh, gained, gained uh, points with God it's like maybe this is happening. Maybe she is the one that is like most open to the possibilities of God, most open to God's grace moving in her and most open to the I, the possibility that that grace moving in her is going to do something different than she's expecting it to be. So that in some way, the way that she approaches the world, the way that she looks at life, the way that she has opened herself up to the possibilities of God is the reason that this angel appears to her in the first place. Not necessarily that she has kind of done some sort of checked off some sort of moral checklist in order to be favored by God, but that her favoring is based on her openness to grace. And I just, I love that idea that, uh, that marries the example for us of how an openness to grace will radically will create radical opportunities for newness and possibility that we don't necessarily know the completely the implications of but that's kind of part of grace is that is like freely bestowed freely given we are sought out and yes we are all and yet at the same time we are called to respond in some way we are called to seek it out as well and that we are called to be open to it so that we're really like windows through which god's grace can work but we're not just kind of being used by God in some way. We are like active partners in that. We have work to do to create uh, that openness uh, to, for God to move in the world in new and, and incredible and unstoppable ways. And I also hope that that means that Mary could have like shut down this possibility that like she could have said, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and that it was that instead it was her choice to be a window through which God came into the world. And in this way, in a very incarnate kind of way that she was actually the bearer of God into the world in our theology that, that, that she in this embodied way um, created the passage, the pathway. She was the path in some, in some cool way of, of bringing God into the world in a new and unexpected and never before seen way so and that we all have that capacity you know and i i really love that that it it gives us some agency it gives us something to do it gives us some again not that we we gain the grace by doing work but that we open our we do things to open ourselves up to the grace to grace moving in us well and david as you were talking i kept thinking how am i open to grace right like how am i open and that difference between choosing openness and choosing to be closed. Um, because I think the temptation sometimes, especially when we consider our own worth, um, is to close ourselves off from things and not to be open. Um, and that it is in our call to seek God that we choose openness, that we open ourselves up to grace. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a really powerful thing to consider each day. Right. Like as we walk each day is how am I open to grace? Yes. And it reminds me of the Mary Oliver poem, The House I Live In, where she says only 
if there are angels in your head, can you ever possibly see one? You know, and it's just like you're talking about this attitude or openness, attunement to God, who is all around us, who is the breath that fills our lungs, who is the being that makes all being exist, you know, in whom we live and move and have our being. So, um, so I think about that. And, and also, as you were talking, David, I was thinking about the, the icons and the tradition of iconography from Eastern Christianity and how um, icons are windows to God, but we are icons, you know, we are those windows if we are open and doing the work. And, you know, I think about a lot of like personal development work and how it's not just about self aggrandizement. It's like, Oh, I want to do this work so that I can be a better icon or a clearer icon or a, you know, more of a partner with God in the work in the world. And, and that also makes me think about the Meister Eckhart quote. He's a, a mystic from medieval times, and he said, We are all mothers of God because God is always ready to be born. One last thing is I can't read this passage without thinking about the issue of consent. And, um, you know, can Mary consent? There is such a power differential. Right. She's human. and God is God. And and the angel Gabriel is the angel Gabriel. Like, what else are you going to say? You know? So just keep that in mind as you're thinking about these verses. Yes. And I, yeah. I would hope that, like, that this idea of being the openness to grace is that possibility of consent. That in some way, God's God's desire and our desire are have equal weight. And that we do have the capacity to say, to say no. But I... Again, that is my own hope for the text. I don't know if it says that. And so I think we do need to like lean into the discomfort of, of the reality of what is happening in front of us. We also see, be, through Mary's consent and saying yes, the transformation of God, because mm -hmm. God goes from being this big, powerful, whatever your conception of God is, mm -hmm. to a helpless, vulnerable, tiny infant right. laying in a manger who's dependent on others, mm -hmm. because Mary said yes. So that's fascinating, too. Mm -hmm. yes that god is affected that god is affected yeah well and i think hannah that what you named there kind of transitions to what i wanted to talk about which was that saying yes peace that saying yes to god and sometimes as we hear people reflect on this scripture we often hear that mary said yes right like and and i struggle with that i struggle with that like God is asking or calling you to this big, challenging, life-altering, difficult thing. And you're just like, I'm in, you know, like that just doesn't feel real to me. It's not, it's not a prophet I connect to, but the piece that I do connect to is that when you, when I really read this scripture, when I, and it's not a ton of verses, but when I really sit and read this scripture, what I actually see is discernment. Um, maybe it happens more quickly than it would for me personally. <laughs> God might actually say Charlotte can be a foot dragger. Um, <laughs> I like to weigh and measure, but Mary does discern in this, like her initial reaction when the angel comes to her um, is not to say yes right away, but to say, why me? She's perplexed. She doesn't understand. She's a young girl. And instead of just saying yes, she's immediately is like, wait, 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 why me? Why, why me? And then she moves from that perplexity into impossibility. 
Um, right? Like I can just see the gears turning in her head of how she moves into this, of, of how can this be? Right. Like, so we have why me and how can this be? And I don't understand. And and I have had these internal struggles and this internal conversation within myself where I have had to process things. And, and it's been so big and overwhelming that I go through this whole range of emotions and conversation. And often when we're having those conversations, maybe we think that we're talking to ourselves but I often think that I'm talking to God too, right? Like that there is there is that opening up that David was talking about of being open to grace, of saying out loud, why me and how can this be, is part of opening ourselves up to grace, of saying, I don't understand. And then ultimately we get to this place of acceptance where she says, here am I the servant of the Lord. That's not confetti cannons and bugles blaring to me. That is acceptance. It's saying, I understand where I'm being called. I know the road is hard and difficult, but here am I, the servant of the Lord. And I don't think that there's any piece of scripture that paints being the servant of the Lord as an easy road. Um, I think that whenever we say, here am I, the servant of the Lord, that we know that perhaps we are going to struggle um, perhaps the road is going to twist and turn in unexpected ways. Perhaps we will be judged for choices we make or actions that we do or don't do. But that the acceptance of being the servant of the Lord means being willing to take those things on and to be part of it. And I think that the last piece of that for me is that the last line when she says, let it be with me according to your will. Um I don't take that as like the end, you know, like the end of the book. I almost hear that as a cry for help, a request for help of like, let it be with me according to your will. So fill me with the patience I need when it seems overwhelming and insurmountable. Fill me with the quiet I need when the world is a storm around me. Fill me with whatever I need because it is with me according to your will. Yeah, it's like a great model for Christian discipleship. And it's, you know, the Jewish tradition, right? We see so many of our Hebrew ancestors wrestling with God and questioning God. And, you know, they have an active, involved, vibrant relationship with God where they're like, what? Why me? You know, like I picture them like New Yorkers, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, and I, 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 I do think that Mary has a strain of that here because it, it actually, her her kind of back and forth with Gabriel kind of reminds me of Moses and the burning bush a little bit where God says to Moses, you know, you're going to be the spokesperson for these Hebrew people. You're going to go back. You're going to talk to Pharaoh and you're going to lead them out of Israel. And Moses is like, um, why me? How can that be? I, I like am not a good public speaker. I've run away. I killed somebody. There are like a lot of reasons for me to not be that person, God. And God's like, no, I think it should be you. And so it's like, Mary, it doesn't, it's not as, as fleshed out as that. But the, it, there is this thing where, uh, again, kind of thinking about the consent thing and about the kind of openness thing is like, the angel says, this is what you will conceive. These, these are the things that will happen. And she says, how, how am I, how can this be? Like, how is that mm -hmm. going to happen there? There's these are the reasons that this that that doesn't make any sense. 
And then the angel says, and well, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit and the Most High and will be born in Jesus and all these things. And then she's like, okay, I can do that. So it's, it, is it, I mean, I think the, the, the back and forth is, I think, indicative of that, that kind of wrestling and that invitation to be like, well, you know, we're not, we can still struggle. <laughs> we can still be challenged by, by the ways we feel God moving. We should be really, I think, because in the end, it's so much, I feel like it's so much more powerful for Mary to have chosen this. Uh, it's yeah. so much more powerful for us to be able to say no. Um, and it's so much more more powerful for God to be a dialogue partner than a than kind of a, a king putting sending down decrees to to servants, you know. Um, and I think it leads to a way of being in community where we can trust one another, where we can recognize interdependence with one another, where we can hear one another, where we can be in dialogue with one another, and where we can create, uh, if God can be on the same plane, then why can't we all be on the same plane with one another, you know? So, yeah, so I just, I love that, uh, that it is, it, it is an act of discernment, and, and an act of discernment is, is, part of discernment is struggling and asking questions mm -hmm. and not really and understanding how things will happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's ongoing. And I think that, you know, if we look at where today's reading ends, it talks about the angel departed from her. And I do think it's important to name that that's not the end of the story, mm -hmm. right? Like that that's not even the end of this chapter in this story, because Mary's discernment went on from there. She was left with her questions and her self-doubt and what was going to happen next and all of those things. The angel departed, but that didn't mean that Mary had finished questioning, wondering, considering. Be yeah, because I, I was thinking about this this week, is that like, why doesn't Mary sing the Magnificat after the angel Gabriel, Gabriel leaves her this time? Instead, she says it after she visits Elizabeth. So it's almost like she needs to verify that it is true what this angel has said to her before she can even believe this kind of incredible thing that has been promised. Like the, an angel showing up and telling you was not enough for her. She needed to like go and see Elizabeth and be like, are you for real? You're pregnant? And, and Elizabeth's like, yeah, I am. And then she sings the Magnificat. You know, after kind of, after seeing the evidence, you know, after following up, after knowing in a different kind of way that what has what has been promised is actually going to happen. So I think that's yeah. really interesting. And the, I love the um, female camaraderie and like the she needs to connect with this older yeah. female in her family, maybe like an aunt figure, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, because Elizabeth is so much older and it's like, OK, now I have confirmation and validation. Mm -hmm. And then. Charlotte, about what you were saying about discernment and the ongoing process and just the wrestling with, I think it makes sense that it would be hard for us as humans to move into who and what God is calling us to be because we have these notions of who we are, you know, and we have to be disabused of those notions. And that's hard work. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. But that's what God calls us to, you know, to constantly be growing and learning and discerning and being a, a disciple. So that's three points, uh, three points for the final week of Advent. Point one was mine, and it was about this interesting word that is translated as favored one. 
uh, which is Gabriel's um, way of uh, greeting Mary, and about the way that it it really is about like grace and an openness to grace, not necessarily having earned a special place uh, for in, from God, but not having earned a place to deserve something from God, but but always deserving, always receiving grace, and more about our openness to that grace. That led to Hannah's point, which was that quote from Mary Oliver and to Meister Eckhart, kind of about first that openness and that our openness to new possibilities is what's going to help us to see new possibilities happening in the world. And that some of and one of those possibilities is always that God is yearning to be born into the world through us, just like Mary, so that we are all uh, God bearers in some way. And then Charlotte's uh, was number three, and it was about discernment and the process of discernment and the challenges and struggles of discerning where God is calling us and that it's okay to to struggle with it, to go back and forth, to have a dialogue, to question it, and to ponder things, and that our answer yes in the end is never the end of the journey, but really only the beginning. So having heard those three points we invite you to go back and read this gospel for this upcoming sunday december 20th advent 4 uh it's from luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 38 we would love to hear from you you can email us uh faith to go at edsd.org you can contact us through our website myfaithtogo.org or you can contact us through or follow us on instagram at faith to go hannah this is it what do you have to say for yourself Ow. What a joy and a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We loved having you. It's been really fun to have the continuity, the thread of conversation go all the way through Advent. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm deeply honored. And I just really want to give you two props, Charla and David, for doing this podcast every week. It is so helpful to so many people. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah, and thank you all for listening each and every week. We love your constant presence with us, uh, and we will be back next time for the Sunday after Christmas. Until then, we say goodbye. Bye. Bye, everybody.